1: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show.
2: Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and Diamond Dave Kaplan, otherwise known as the latest prospective buyers of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a GoFundMe page started. Yeah. We're only going to need about 1.8 billion. So every dollar helps.
0: We can go in partnership with P Diddy.
2: Well, I don't know, man. P Diddy threw his hat in the ring, but if you don't know that it's the Carolina Panthers and not the North Carolina Panthers, you're probably going to be left on the outside looking in. Yeah,
3: but I P- like our chances. P Diddy's not that's not his name anymore. He changed his name.
2: What is it now? He changed
3: it to love.
2: I think I knew
0: that. <laughs> Not kidding. It's an overused phrase.
3: Yeah, love is an overused phrase, but don't call him P Diddy anymore.
2: I just like to call him the guy that had Biggie killed. That's, <laughs> that's what I call. Him.
3: That's kind of I feel like I'm the P Diddy to your Biggie. I'm kind of riding your <laughs> coattails. <laughs> I'm riding your coattails, and I'm dancing, doing dance moves with, the ma- with right, Mace. Let me tell you something. Brandon well, Atkins rides
2: no man's <laughs> coattails. It's me, me Do and I need to get a security detail? Me and Mace in the background. Yeah, no,
1: Brandon. <laughs> I love if, Mace. If, oh if you're God. P. Diddy, then I'm Mace, man. Okay. Come on now.
0: Sweet. <laughs> well, Mace is a preacher now.
2: I know. He got out of the game, man. So, so you're you not leaving us.
0: Preacher Trent Nichols.
2: Preacher. No, that doesn't
0: <laughs> Does that make
3: uh, Diamond D. Sug Knight. Is that who
2: he is? <laughs> yeah. Dude, pretty dapper. Or
0: Tupac. <laughs> Dude.
2: <laughs> so Jerry Richardson, man, we here in North Carolina, Jerry Richardson is an icon, sort of the old southern gentleman. And I'm reading stuff in the Sports Illustrated expose that's just kind of laughable to me. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. The things that bother me with this report that's coming out on Jerry Jones, or Jerry Jones, Jerry Richardson, yep. is it? it's just become sexy here lately to throw your hat in the ring with allegations about somebody. But you can't ignore the fact that there's four or five different settlements that the Panthers have made over the course of you know, the last 10 years with people about – incidents that Jerry Richardson was involved with. And for anybody that's sleeping under a rock, one of the the most telling things is that on Fridays on campus at the Panthers headquarters, it was blue jean day. That's a tradition. And Mr. Richardson...
3: Was Brett Favre there?
2: (laughs) Mr. Richardson... Would make his way through the entire building and duck into offices and cubicles where the young ladies were working and older ladies and ladies of any age, apparently. And I guess when you're 82 years old, like Jerry Richardson, everybody's a young lady. But he would get them up and have them twirl around for him. Okay. And then he would comment on their airs and the quality of their jeans and sort of the. The contour. The contours. That's probably not good form in twenty seventeen. <laughs> I'm just saying. The other thing, this this is the thing that gets me though. And this kind of this is something that some people are going to see as innocuous. This kind of bugs me. Do you know what they call Jerry Richardson at Panthers headquarters?
3: The big cat.
2: Nope. In it? No, the press calls him the big cat. The people that work for him call him. Mr. Not Mr. Owner, not Mr. Richardson, not Mr. Big Cat, just Mr. That's a little bizarre to me.
3: Okay. I don't know that I Well, well it doesn't who, move the who needle. Started that?
2: That's him. That's how That's how he That's really how he addressed. wants to be addressed and and understand that Jerry Richardson is the only NFL owner that is a former player. Yeah. He left and got into the business world and made a billion dollars. What?
0: George Jerry Hallis. Jones
2: did not play did. in the he NFL. He played college. Yes, he got played George on the Arkansas East. national championship team. Dave's going to continue to chime in five miles from the microphone. Right. We're not going to hear him. Did you hear
0: me? No. George Hallis, but he's going
2: anyway. Yeah. So we're talking about <laughs> 2017. I
0: understand. I understand.
2: And Jerry Richardson was a player and went and made a billion dollars. And when the NFL was looking at expansion, he threw his hat in the ring, bought the team, and established it in Charlotte. And he's been there ever since. Over that time, he's become one of the most important owners in the NFL. He's chaired all the important committees. My favorite line from Jerry Richardson of all time was when they were in negotiations during the CBA and he said to Peyton Manning, do I need to teach you to read a revenue chart? Um, he scolded Peyton Manning. Ooh. Anybody that ever scolds Peyton Manning is, yeah, that's a gold star in my book. I just think it's funny. But Jerry Richardson now is in hot water, and this all came to pass really quick. WRAL was on the, the the. Uh, they're the ones that broke the story that he was going to sell the team. But this story from SI just came out in the last three or four days, and immediately the NFL announced just yesterday morning, Sunday morning, as we tape on Monday, that they were going to get involved in the investigation. And then within twelve hours, the announcement comes via WRAL. Jerry Richardson is he's ready to bounce. So what has been uncovered? Hey Chris, I mean, you think about all the things that have happened with some of these ownership groups. The Haslam's in Cleveland—it come to mind immediately. These guys were under federal investigation with the FBI, and nobody ever even intimated that the NFL was going to lean on them and, and make them sell their team. Remember back with the um, the DeBartolos in San Francisco? It was years of them going through their investigation before, you know the NFL was like, Hey guys, you're going to have to bounce. Well, I, hope so I don't a, know. I don't know what's I, underneath.
3: Yeah. I don't, I don't either. I hope it's more than him having people twirl around in their jeans. I have two daughters. I'm uber protective of them. And you guys know that, but I feel like the almost unless something crazy, which there's probably something crazy that he's done and he's probably guilty and all that stuff. But I hate that there's one category for all this stuff. Like, Sexual lewdness, you know, if you see that highlight, you know, if you see that headline, really that category covers like a Charlie Rose situation, walking around naked, hitting <laughs> on 22-year-olds. That's in that category. And then having you call him misters in the same category, it seems like there should be a degree of I, I agree
2: with you 100% because there are certainly things, if, if you look at out of context, that I've said or done with people that – you know, in a vacuum. And and I thought about it. We were having a conversation the other day and we kinda laughed about it because we were talking about, well, no, that's locker room talk. There's context to everything. And you're right, there are different degrees. There should be different categories. And I'm not gonna let you get away with dropping Charlie Rose in there without talking about Matt Lauer with his, you know, door lock button under the desk. What is that? So yeah, there's different degrees. And I don't know, you know All of these reports will come out. It's going to be hard to sift, you know, get through what's fact and what's fiction. But the bottom line is Jerry Richardson has announced, I'm going to sell the team. Something's there.
3: Okay. Something's there.
2: Or it just could be that I'm not going to go through this, and I took this $50 million investment that I made in the NFL all these years ago, and I'm going to sell this off before I die.
3: Well, I think he's— he remember the footage a couple of years ago when they were in the Super Bowl. They kept showing his box. He looked like he was asleep. You know what I mean? Like he he's not. I thought he was older than eighty two.
2: I think he's eighty two.
3: No, no, I think you're right. But I'm saying, judging by his looks and his demeanor, I thought he was like hitting on his nineties or something like that. Maybe he's just. I don't want to put up with this. Remember, he had—he was uh, all over Cam Newton about not having tattoos and stuff like that. Maybe it's gotten to the point where I'm just tired of all this mess. It, I want to retire. Could it be.
4: might be that proactive uh, approach. I mean, he's an ex-NFL guy. He loves the NFL. He wants to protect the shield. He's going to bail out before it gets ugly for the owners. Because this whole time we've had all the controversy with the players. Now it's hitting home with the owners. So, with him getting out quickly, A, we're going to hear it all. We're going to see it all. So, his reputation is kind of get ruined. Why put the NFL through that? Why put them in the position of saying, we need you to be out? Because all the reports were he didn't talk to the NFL. He talked to his general managers, his upper leadership, and decided that. So, instead of putting the NFL in another crisis with their image,
2: He's bailing
4: to try to save them.
2: And God knows they don't need another crisis. This harkens back to the whole Donald Sterling incident with the Clippers a couple years ago. And, you know, he ended up being stripped of his franchise, and he fought it tooth and nail. But in the end, he lost because the owners and the league have a right to decide who gets to sit at the table. We'll see what happens with Jerry Richardson. But... He was what I want to talk about—he was definitely
3: inappropriate with Green Bay's defense.
2: I, let me tell you, Panthers with a big win. The Panthers, people are sleeping on the Panthers. They're ten and four now, and have a legit shot to win the division. Now, New Orleans and Carolina are tied at ten and four right now. New Orleans does own the tiebreaker against Carolina because they beat them twice. The first time, really, really badly.
3: By the way, did you see what Cam Newton did to Clay Matthews?
2: Clay yes. Matthews is trying Classic. to call
3: out, the, call out the play, and he looks over at him and says, Hey, you've been watching film. Cool. Watch this. Touchdown to McCaffrey. <laughs> that was cool. That was the best thing I've seen all year long.
2: Here's the question about Cam Newton. Is Cam Newton a great front runner, and does he just puff his chest out and act the fool when things are going well? Or what I feel is that he plays better when he's loose and he's – Treating it like it's a game in the street out in front of the house waiting on the streetlights to come in.
3: I do, not, I do not think he's a good front-runner because when Carolina gets up, the play-calling changes. Like, they go to a more conservative play-calling, and when that happens, it just doesn't compute with him. He starts – he gets, I guess, bored maybe. We were talking about – look at it yesterday. The only time they really scored was when they had to answer a Green Bay score. Like I mean, it wasn't like they got out ahead of him.
2: But I'm talking about him personally. And, I, and I'll tell you that, that on Sunday in the pregame, I saw Cam Newton on the field in his uniform with Timberlands dancing underneath the, the goalpost. Right. And my thought was, he's going to be fine today. Because when he's loose like that and he's really feeling himself and thinks I'm the best athlete in the league – and I can do what I want to do, it seems to translate on the field. When things go badly, we've seen him pout like no other. But I'm just wondering how much of that is, okay, things are going well, so Cam is you know laughing and ha-ha and yucking it up.
4: He's cruising like the Titanic, baby. <laughs> he, he's a winner. He doesn't know how to lose. He's uber uh, competitive but he doesn't know how to take a loss and that's something that he has to mature with because you got to be that that guy whether it's good or bad because when it's bad he's horrible at it and that brings down the whole team but when he doesn't feel the pressure and they're winning he can sing and dance and that loosens up everybody else cuz he's the leader
2: he, and and the leadership part of it is is the piece I want to get to later as we talk about quarterbacks that are in the NFL The thing that Cam has going for him is, I think, that Donald Trump really likes him. We'll see you on the other side.
4: Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation
2: and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting edge research.
0: Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion.
3: We need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now.
0: There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can
4: join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to
5: From the Sheep
2: Welcome back From the Cheap Seats. We're talking about Cam Newton. And Cam, when he's loose, has the ability to be as good as anybody in the NFL. And on Sunday, against Green Bay, where all the talk was about Aaron Rodgers coming back, Cam played with a chip on his shoulder. And he was out there, and you talked about the the exchange with Clay Matthews, which is an all-time great soundbite. One of the best. And Carolina really had that game under control. Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers was there. He sprinkled his little Aaron Rodgers magic on that game at the end and almost got him back. But in the end, Carolina gets a huge win.
3: And you need to watch out. Greg Olson's back. Touchdown for him and over 100 yards receiving. And Ryan Khalil. And I was talking to you, you know, offline on the phone yesterday. Those two are like Cam's security blankets. Like Olsen, he looks up to. It's one of the very few that I think he actually does look up to quite quite a bit. And he just the trust level with Ryan Khalil is just off the charts. When those two are back and healthy, this team's totally different.
2: Well, Cam got it done. Four touchdown passes, no picks, and his best game at home by far this year. Cam, if he plays like that, they've got enough talent on both sides of the football. That they can make some noise in the playoffs. And the and the NFC, particularly with the injury in Philadelphia to Carson Wentz, is really kind of wide open. Yeah. So Carolina has just as good a shot as anybody.
3: Well, hey, before we shoot into this, can I give you a stat about one of your man crushes? So now Cam Newton in week fifteen has twenty one touchdowns. Deshaun Watson has nineteen. It's pretty wild. He hasn't played since week seven or eight, I think.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. I'd like to make one other comment about the game yesterday. We're,
2: we're raising hands today, apparently, yeah. to get Ma- into the McCaffrey, conversation.
0: they finally started using him.
2: Yes, they he, finally by, figured I mean, out. He,
0: he was in a lot of different spots on the field and, and yep. running, catching. I mean, I liked it.
2: Yeah, they, they finally good. figured out how to open that part of their, you know, Swiss Army knife, and McCaffrey has become a a, a dangerous weapon I do want to know what you guys think about Thomas Davis. Does Thomas Davis catch a suspension for his shot on Devontae Adams yesterday?
3: Like we've talked about there's a prayer for judgment in the NFL. That's what I call it. And so maybe he does get a suspension, but you know they are gonna go lenient on Thomas Davis because he's one of the all time best people that's ever played the game.
2: I think you're right. And I think it's Thomas Davis's reputation that's gonna save him here. I don't expect him to get a, a suspension out of this. If he does, it's a big deal Yeah, because the NFC South, more than any other division in the NFL right now, is up for grabs. And what's wild is all of the press that we've seen about New Orleans. New Orleans sitting at 10-4. and four. They've been fun to watch. Drew Brees is back. They've got Kamara and Ingram, and they're using a system that nobody's really seen before. They've been a sexy pick, but they're only ten and four. Well, Carolina's tied with them at ten and four, so their margin for error is zero. And lurking in the shadows are last year's NFC champions,
3: the Tampa Bay
2: Buccaneers. <laughs> no, yeah, Tampa is—you know—they're the. They're doormat. in the shadows, but they're, it's yeah, dark they're, they're the shadows. in
1: those shadows.
2: But Atlanta. They've got the Monday night game that they've got to get through with Tampa Bay, but you've got to suspect at this point the with the train wreck that Tampa is. Atlanta's going to show up, they're going to win that game that they're supposed to win. But then Atlanta in the next 2 weeks has Carolina and New Orleans. And if they win out, they're your NFC South yeah. champs. And I would have to say that if Carolina or if Atlanta rather goes on a tear like that, and closes the season with wins against Carolina and New Orleans. You've got to have Atlanta as your odds on favorite to get back to the to the Super Bowl, don't you? Who's who would you sooner take in the NFC, professor?
4: Well, I mean, riding the Eagles all year now with this injury it changes everything with what the Rams accomplished yesterday. I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards the Rams, but You bring Atlanta into the mix, even as a wild card, it's hard to bet against them because this whole time I've been looking at the experience of the quarterbacks, who's been there, and right now the NFC South has those guys. They've all been to Super Bowls. They're all winning. They know what the pressure is. So a Minnesota, a Philadelphia, and the Rams, yeah, they're good, but when it comes down to it at the end of the late game – It's hard to bet against Ryan, Breeze, or even Cam Newton.
2: Yeah, an enormous win by the Rams this weekend. Enormous. I mean, who saw them going and and bouncing Seattle the way they did? But I think what you see there is that Seattle's, their warts are finally starting to show. They just don't have much talent on offense outside of Russell Wilson. When you look at a team that for three or four years has had Doug Baldwin as their number one receiver in today's NFL, they just don't have a lot of talent. And running back, you could ask 100 casual NFL fans, 95% of them can't even tell you a running back that's on the roster in Seattle right now. And I think Pete Carroll's ability to just sort of pull somebody out of a bag – and throw them in there has finally run its course. And the personnel guys over there, yes, they captured lightning in a bottle with the with that defense that they put together. But I think maybe they were guilty of reading their own press a little bit well, and, and thought, oh, we can, get us, we can just continue to find these diamonds in the rough and plug in here, well, and it's and not working I out. I think
3: anymore. a lot of it has to do with the offensive line, too. Of course. Remember, like – Lynch went out and Thomas Rawls came in, and it was like he didn't even miss a step. So something's going on with the line; they're not getting the you know the holes that they used to, or the protection even for Russell Wilson, because Russell just looks like every time I see a highlight, he's running for his life. I mean, he never has any long-term protection.
2: No, no and he and he's not dealing with receivers in that system that can you know that are special. So. Defenses have figured that out, and I think what you saw, and I don't want to take anything away from the Rams, because I honestly think Todd Gurley ought to get a little bit of run as the MVP this year.
4: He just scored another touchdown. All right. (laughs) And that's who they might have to lean on. If Gurley can be what he is, they can win some playoff games.
2: Without a doubt. I mean, Gurley Gurley is that guy. Make no mistake, that's not Jared Goff's team yet. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Gurley is the heart and soul of that team. But how many teams can you think of over the last 15 years who have had a superstar running back that have won a world championship? Please throw your contributions into the into the superstar hat. who've won running back.
3: Uh probably is Marshawn Lynch on that list?
2: I no. You think
3: cuz it's Russell's team? I you, think it you was, have to I be think the guy? I think
2: I'm not I'll take that one and say, okay, maybe the thing with Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch—that was just the perfect recipe. You know, Lynch was just a bruising enough back that he opened everything else up, and you can't stop Russell Wilson. But okay, we'll take Marshawn Lynch. So there's one. Give me any any others. Hmm.
4: I think Crickets you go too far back because, joint. yeah, a lot of the uh, a lot of the NFL now is that two back system. So there's not a lot of teams that are reliant on that one back because they're just not around. I don't they're think there's even a around.
2: two-back system situation. I just think it's a passing league. Yeah. And, you know, obviously New England dominates the conversation, and that's been running back by committee. But, you you know, these teams sling the ball around. Where Gurley's underrated is what he does in the passing game because that adds another layer. But what the Rams did, and I kind of got off track with that, what the Rams did, I don't want to take anything away from it because I'm on the Rams' bandwagon. I really like that team. They're fun to watch. It's been so long since they were any good. But I think the Rams beating Seattle, which is a familiar opponent, isn't horribly impressive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense? Well, because even
4: when they are bad, they ended up beating exactly. Seattle a few years ago with Jeff Fisher. Exactly.
2: And every, every – fan out there that has a favorite team can kind of, you know, tell you about what goes on in their division. If it's the AFC West, Trent, you can go on and on about, you know, what the history between the Raiders and the Broncos versus the Broncos and the Chargers, and it it all just kind of marries up, but Mm -hmm. you just hit it on the head. Even when they were horrible, the Rams found a way to give Seattle everything they could handle, and that's just kind of how those rivalry games go. The
3: the thing that makes Gurley so effective is it's a rare combination of brute strength, his rough play, with athleticism. Yes. Like, all the running backs are athletic, don't get me wrong. But it's hard to tackle this guy because what he'll do, if you try to wrap him up and kind of stand up tight, he's going to steamroll you. If you try to go low, he'll literally jump over you. Like, how many times have you seen him hurdle a grown man on the football field? He's just – it's easy to kind of – if you can create a hole, it's easy to block for a guy like that because you're, like, into every play because this guy could break it open for 60 at any moment, you know?
2: Well, there's a lot of irony here because Todd Gurley, to me right now – God, how did the Tar
3: Heels miss out on him, David? Yeah. North Carolina guy,
2: man. Todd Gurley, to me, is far and away the best back in the NFL right now. And I know there's been some injuries this year with David Johnson and Devonta Freeman wasn't healthy for a while. But to me, when I watch him, Todd Gurley's the best back in the NFL. No offense to Le'Veon Bell or anybody else. But what's crazy about that to me is that he's not a superstar by NFL standards. The guy's not doing commercials. He's not really a household name. He just is this guy that's out there. And you would think – by the limited amount of press that he's getting that he's playing in Butte, Montana.
3: Well, that's the thing is they're L.A. now, but I still consider them St. Louis. Like, that brand hasn't taken hold. Bam!
2: You just hit it yeah. on the head. That was inspired. You just hit it is we're still treating the Rams like yeah. they're in Missouri. Todd Gurley's not getting that L.A. you know, treatment that you would think he was. You know, going into the last couple of years, as the as the move was made, you would think, well, one of the, once these one of these guys hits out in L.A., they're going to be the biggest superstar on the planet. No, sir. You got Odell Odell Beckham, who's a household name out in New York. I'll take Gurley over Beckham every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, but
4: I don't think it's been long enough. Really, I think it's coming. I mean, nobody expected him to be this good this soon. And they were kind of hesitant on the golf pick. Gurley came out with all the expectations in the world. We knew he could be a superstar, but it's kind of taken until this year.
2: Well, we'll continue the conversation. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC, WBLZ, or on the internet, somewhere listening to a podcast.
5: You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
6: Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training. Money for college and bonuses up to twenty thousand dollars. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at goarmyreserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve.
1: And now
6: from Sanford, North
1: Carolina, Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. I got money? I got- all
5: right,
2: I'm I'm a little hurt, frankly, as we come into the second half hour, because during the break, each one of these guys sitting around the table at some point looked and were like, "Chris, I think you're right about that whole no running backs <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> on the Super Bowl championship teams." Well, I'm not always right, but every time I open my mouth, mouth, I be trying to be right. (laughs) And what we've kind of come up with, as as Dave has been scrambling, playing on his phone as we've gone through this last segment, is you've got Marshawn Lynch that was on the Super Bowl champs for the Seattle Seahawks. Whether or not you really put him in that superstar, superstar category as far as running backs, I don't know, man. He was an important part of the offense. Don't want to take that away. But well, apart from that, you have to go all the way back to 06 with Bettis, with the Steelers, and by then he was pretty much done. Well, he retired to, after that game. Am I right, Trent? Yeah.
3: Just have to look at this year. You know, Dallas is going to come back all the way to the Super Bowl, win it with
1: Zeke. <laughs> See, there you go. It's yeah, over. Well, game over. Right.
2: Um, But – to go back and find a bona fide one of the top five or ten players in the league on a Super Bowl champ, got it go all the way back to '98. Yeah, with Terrell Davis.
0: 2008, and that's dollars. why
2: when you said 15
4: years, I was like, well, that takes Terrell Davis out because it's been longer than 15. Well, years. Just think
3: about it too, like it—it's this about the same amount of time. The timing of the fullback leaving the game is when. The running back stopped being the featured part of the offense. Plus, every single rule that they tried to make up to like help the quarterback stay upright and get all these passing yards. So, I mean,
2: well, let's let's think about something. Let let's let's take a look at this era, and and this isn't scientific because I don't have anything in front of me. But looks look back, and it kind of started with Barry Sanders. All right, Barry Sanders in the in the '90s was as good a back as there's. Ever walked the planet. Never sniffed a Super Bowl. And from then on, if you weren't Emmett Smith or Terrell Davis, I don't I can't think of any other great backs that won a Super Bowl. Deion Lewis. Edron <laughs> <What's> James
4: <that? laughs> was on the Colts, but Ooh. he wasn't a featured. He I mean, he I think he was like everyone else, he was carried by Peyton Manning.
2: Uh, I mean, that was Ricky definitely Peyton's team, right? Yeah, That's kind of the, the point I'm trying to make. Adrian Peterson, one of the great backs of our Never time. Made Never made sniffed a Super Bowl.
0: you got Walter Payton, but you got to go back. But that's, yeah, well, that's, that's 85.
2: 85. That's, yeah. that's back in the day. So the game, I think the bottom line is, I don't want to belabor the point, the bottom line is, it's 2017, it's a passing league. So the question for the Rams is, Are other teams, as they go into the playoffs, are they worried about game planning for Jared Goff? Because you can stop Jared Goff. I don't have any doubt about that. But Todd Gurley, can he be a transformational-type star that can lead his team to a Super Bowl victory in spite of not necessarily superstar quarterback play? That's the question.
3: Well, the thing is, make no mistake. Remember, Gurley came into the league and tore the league up his first year. Second year, they stacked the box. And then the following years, I mean, Goff, this second year, I believe, right? I think second year. He's finally got it. So I feel like he only has to be good enough to keep the defense honest for Gurley to do what he does.
2: Well, and people are going to invoke Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson into the conversation. But let's not pretend that that's the norm. Generally speaking, it's quarterbacks that win Super Bowls. And I'm just Peyton asking Manning, the, the
4: last Super Bowl, he didn't have an arm. Let's just go back two. to the Minnesota Vikings. What did the Minnesota Vikings do to the Rams? They won 24-7. to right. Todd Gurley, 37 yards rushing and a touchdown. So Jared Goff had to throw the ball, and he threw for 225 yards. The secret, like everyone's going to be, is they're going to have to stop Gurley and make it a Jared Golf game, and that's how you beat the Rams. Other oh. than that, none of the other teams, and they've won every game since, none of the other teams has been able to control Todd Gurley.
2: Yeah, and that kind of came to an apex this weekend with Todd Gurley losing his mind, going for four touchdowns, and putting up about 50 fantasy points. Thank you, Todd Gurley. I won my playoff game.
4: So, But the other thing is they beat the Saints 26-20. to 20. Gurley only had 74 yards rushing. Jared Goff threw for 354 yards and two touchdowns against the to, Saints. I hate to
3: tell, tell on you like this, but you did win your playoff game and went to the Super Bowl, but I was a little worried about you, buddy. That phone call I got when he's like, all right, so which way should I go? Cam Newton
2: or Case? Wait a minute. I want to. I want to make sure that everybody has context here. I called him because I wanted. I wanted confirmation that I wasn't overthinking it.
4: Confirmation I, from one of the worst teams in the league. I know, right? is <laughs> my road dog, man. Easy. I'm gonna
3: finish but here's, like this. Here's fifth. the
2: thing: is I went into yesterday. First of all, understand Cam Newton at home this year had been putrid. Yeah. I also expected Green Bay to be playing out of their minds with Aaron Rodgers back. Now Cam came out, had a great day. But I also had Case Keenum sitting on the bench. Case Keenum had easily outscored Cam Newton over the last eight weeks. Easily. Yeah. Cam had one of those 40-point games in there, but other than that, Case Keenum week by week had outperformed him. Case Keenum, to secure the playoffs against Cincinnati, whose coach had just been announced was leaving (laughs) – no Vontez no Drake-Hurt Patrick. I figured Keenum might come out here and put up 500 yards. So at the last minute, I considered maybe I'll drop Keenum in there. Now, wait a minute. Cam is my guy. So I called Brandon to confirm, and he was like, and, and let me let me give love here. He said, let me tell you something. Cam may not have a great day, but you're looking at it being a close game, they're going to have to play down the stretch. He's going to have to play four quarters. Keenum's going to get all his scoring done by halftime. At halftime of the game, Keenum had outscored Cam Newton. And then Cam just continued to roll and roll and, and roll. And Teddy Bridgewater came in I for know, Keenum. right? Isn't that something? So who did he start? And Cam Bridgewater's Newton? first pass was picked off.
4: Yeah. <laughs> So you started Cam. I did start Cam.
2: And Cam, I haven't looked. Cam and Gurley might have been the two single highest scorers in fantasy football. I had them both. The irony here is that even if I had started Trent Nichols at quarterback yesterday, I still would have won. I won by about sixty points. So you're saying it was it Brock was, Osweiler, not Trent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no.
0: Keaton was twenty for twenty three for two hundred thirty six yards. Like I said, I and mean, he, he did he, almost all of that
2: it. in the first half. Yeah. So it wasn't you know. So your but fantasy Brandon, team is not a quarterback team. Huh? Oh
4: <laughs> you don't need it. You didn't need it yesterday.
2: Not with Todd Gurley doing what he does. I'm up sixty five points with Julio Jones still going tonight. Brandon. Jeez. <laughs> Brandon, though, I did want to give him credit because he hit it right on the head. He said, that game's going to be over by halftime. Keenum's not going to do a thing. They're just going to take the air out of the ball. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Zimmer, he's from the Marvin Lewis croaching tree. He's not going to rub salt in the wound. He's not going to run the score up. You're right. Hit it on the head and ended up 20, 25 points. Dave,
4: what kind of analysis is that? It's astute. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's a student. I just to, you know, yeah. it, That's good. I wanted to take a chance to tell everybody that I am a fantasy football god.
0: Hmm. Okay, you okay. are correct. So, in other words, <laughs> you're not wearing the poop chain.
2: I'm no. There will be no poop chain in my future. No poop What's chain funny though, either? and I got to give Brandon some grief about this. Oh, Brandon, right. when he asked me a couple years, ago, he t- he told me. Three or four years ago, about this fantasy league that he's in, he's like, "Ah, oh, we've been doing it for 25 years." You know, it's, it's it's how and I'm not exaggerating. How long have you guys been doing? It's been it? a little over 20 years. Yeah, and he's like, "Man, these guys are serious." It's, you know, it's like a contact sport. And uh, two years ago, he was like, "Hey, man, if if there's a if there's an opening, would you be interested in getting in?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm down." You know, I only play one team at a time. I'm not that guy that's trying to manage five or six different teams. Trent, I'm sure you play like 17 leagues, don't you? No,
4: I'm in no. one, dude. One, you're, one focus. I don't want to have to play against another team. Much love.
2: But Brandon, before this season, we had like this coming to Jesus meeting. And he was like, man, I want to make sure, you know, that you really want to do this. And I was like, bro, I told you I'm in. And he's like, man, this is, you know, this is these guys are for real. And I think he was afraid that I'd get my feelings hurt. (laughs) It hadn't gone
4: that way. Brandon, you got egg on your face at the draft, though. What's that? All the other owners thought, who's this clown you brought in, right? Yes. Because of the Tucker move. Yeah, he drafted Tucker in the eighth round. Kicker. So, But next year, all these guys are going to be like, dude, I'm getting my kicker early. Well, that's... I guarantee. I'm going to take the under. Somebody's going to take a kicker earlier than the eighth I round. I took
2: Justin Tucker in the eighth <laughs> round, and I was thinking exactly the same thing. I want to put the over-under on round eight. I'm taking the under.
0: I think it's going to be Brandon. What's up? You I think it's it. going to be Keep round six. Six, six. I'm round. predicting
3: a kicker goes. No, nah, nah, that's not going to happen.
0: I'll tell you,
5: this week <laughs> –
3: this His league, keeper is Justin Tucker, dude. I might do it. <laughs> I might do it. This league has become so docile. And t- oh, ah, it's because it's, I've
2: beaten him into submission. He's
3: discredited well, it. I was, no, I was worried because some we've had a lot of people leave the league because just the verbal abuse. But it's been so uh, weak. Uh, it's been so weak. I, I guess we're finally getting to the Age that we—it's no longer—it's no longer cool to talk about another
2: person's mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> children do, however, seem to be in play. Oh, so yeah, it—it's not the—the the name of the league is Triangle Trash Talkers, and it's been kind of docile. I do yep. have to say. Now that said, the activity week to week, nobody's bounced. You know, everybody's engaged. There's you know there were trades right up to the deadline. It's been a good league, and. To be fair, I came out of the gate 0-2. I lost two close games, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to be that guy, and I'm going to wind up you know, 1-13, and and they're going to think, this guy doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> well, 10-4. and Actually. Championship game
3: next week. Uh, my, my point of satisfaction was the guy who won the poop chain,
2: I basically put it around his neck <laughs> last week of the season. But wait a minute. I had called him the week before and told him, hey, I don't remember which one of your friends this guy is, but I'm about to put it on him and guarantee last place. And he was like, come on, dog. And that's what happened. And then Brandon finished him off this two weekends ago.
4: By the way,
3: do we need to? Do we need to describe the poop chain exactly what it's there for?
4: No, we're going to uh, have it up on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah, okay, oh, I think. definitely Definitely, be there. definitely. Okay. we get definitely. a picture 100%. of it. One hundred
2: percent. In fact, I think we might just you know bring in a, a webcam and televise our draft on Facebook. We and I go think, on Periscope or something. I think it'd be cool.
4: I think the only reason why I would ever want to be an owner in the league is I want to be the champion of the poop chain.
2: The I would wear it. Of the poop
4: chain. I would wear it
2: with
3: some pride. High, so you
2: just want a poop chain anyway? I mean, I we can want make the you damn one. Poop chain, yeah. you baby. Have, you
3: have some high aspirations. <laughs> in I
4: know. Hey, I won't let you down.
3: <laughs> and if you ever wonder where you, where to get the poop for the chain, <laughs> it's you take it where? south of the border that place on the way to Myrtle
0: Beach. <laughs> yeah, you they got pay a quarter of poop. to get in there. Wow. <laughs> What's that? It's a quarter to get in those bathrooms. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh. I'm talking
1: about fake poop,
2: Dave. Oh, I thought you I could just that. come to my yard, man.
1: I got plenty of poop chains out there.
2: Oh, Lord. Wow. This just went to
4: pot pretty quick. So we, we went from the Rams to the poop chain. I don't know what happened.
2: Well, let's talk about the NFC South, because I want to get back to my original point with regard to the NFC South. Yep. If, if Atlanta can beat Tampa Bay, Carolina, New Orleans in succession – I think they're the odds-on favorite to win the NFC. L.A., it's a process. There's not very often a team comes out of nowhere, gets in that first round and you know, in that first, first time into the playoffs and makes a serious run to the Super Bowl. Maybe they're an exception to the rule. I mean, it does happen. Jacksonville and L.A. are the teams that I'm worried about on both sides. They're great teams great young teams that really have a bright future if they can keep those cores intact. But both of those teams worry me in that, first of all, they don't have great quarterback play. Secondly, we'll finish that thought on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Crystal
3: Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke
1: Elliott.
5: Was just a tiny baby. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life.
6: If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com.
0: My name is Bobby I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
4: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My
0: victory was finding a career that I
2: could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission. Helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned.
0: I'm CeCe. My
4: victory was finishing my education.
2: When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're
1: listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins.
0: But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis.
5: Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back
2: to From the Cheap Seats, wrapping up the second half hour. So we're closing it down. You're listening on WDCC, WBLZ. WDCC listeners, follow us right on over the web. You can uh, find us in the iPod, or excuse me, the iTunes podcast app from the Cheap Seats. Check it out, subscribe, leave us a five star review. We'll read it on the air. Um, If you want to send us an email, send it to cheapseatradio at gmail.com. If you want to come hang out with us, you have an opportunity every other Wednesday at Libations, purveyors of fine wines and craft beers. Is that what? Did I get all that right? And I think all I
3: did. and, and all things good in the universe.
2: Yes, Libations is one of the coolest places. By the way, on Earth.
3: Um, who won trivia last Wednesday? I can't remember who won.
2: The bartenders at Libations.
3: You're not going to give me credit?
2: No. All right,
3: so we host
2: trivia, and when I say we, it's me and the mouse in my pocket. I host trivia at Libations every other Wednesday. Wednesday, December 20th at 6 p.m., I will be there hosting. Brandon Atkins, are you going to be there? You might, before you come, you might want to brush up on your
3: Barney, the purple dinosaur trivia, because that's what this fool brought Yes, to a bar of adults, full of adults, of
2: adults that have kids. Come on, dude! All right. So one of the questions, or one of the categories, last week because we did it off schedule, we had a special event. It was the emerging business leaders of Lee County. Had a great time with them. They had a nice spread of food. It was a good crowd. Everything was cool. We're back on our regular schedule. December twentieth, we'll be there.
3: Hey, if it was emerging
2: business leaders, what was Patrick Kelly doing there? Right. See, there you go. Patrick Kelly is older than people think he is. He can only be an emerging le- business leader for a couple more minutes How before old he is ages he? out. I think he's like 48. No, I don't know. I can't remember. But he's, he's I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know why I said that. Maybe he's not older than people think. <laughs> Dude, I was just <laughs> I know thinking. I'm too old to be an emerging business leader. And the JCS and any of that other stuff, too. They keep asking me, well, why don't you be in the young this and the young that? I appreciate that, but I'm old, dude. You asked if I was coming to trivia, and I was just thinking in
3: my internal calendar, like, am I going to have holiday stuff going on then? I might not be able to make it, which also led to what I figured out that I want for Christmas now, which is Danica Patrick, because she's single, which led me to um, the biggest Christmas sham I've ever heard of, and I want y'all's opinion about this. Fruit baskets. Now, how are you going to take $10 worth of fruit and nuts and throw it in a basket and charge $85 for it?
2: it better. It's a nice basket. <laughs>
3: I mean, have y'all ever thought about that? Like, it's apples. And
4: you're, like, going bananas. Pears. Got to have a pear in there. You're going bananas there. Nice one.
2: I mean that was some (laughs) Professor Trent Nichols jokes. Come on, is there a
0: fruitcake in it? No,
3: you don't even get a fruitcake.
2: I'm not sure that we ought not get into the fruit basket business. What nicer than a than a from the cheap seats (laughs) fruit basket for your loved ones? And and when you say loved ones, this is my thing with fruit baskets. I have gotten the box of oranges. You know the Florida citrus mix box. I've gotten the tins of nuts. From you know, aunts and friends or whatever, is that not the biggest cough? uh, The what? What do you even call that? Cop out, scam. As far as a gift, well, what? What do they want? I
0: (laughs) I don't know. Some oranges. Send them
4: some fruit.
2: (laughs) Everybody likes fruit.
0: Everybody likes fruit. (laughs) What about the big popcorn thing? Now the popcorn thing is cool. What about the the summer sausage and and the the cheese? See, that's
2: the thing with the popcorn thing is you've got two levels of that. You've got the designer ones where you get it and it's like the crazy flavors and the thing costs like $65. And then you got the big old ten at Kmart that's (laughs) $5. And that's the best buy ever. I can't tell you how many of those my kids have gotten over the years because... (laughs) You know, my kids have never wanted on Christmas morning, and they got lots of stuff. But man, you get that big old tin, and you wrap it up. That's just but, dude, big old fodder the, underneath the Christmas tree. The thing tree. about that it's is
3: five dollars. Thing about that is, once you're done eating it, you're so conflicted about what to do with the tin. <laughs> no. Like no. you're like, it's nice and it's decorative, but what am I gonna do with this?
0: Put some fruit in. But honestly,
2: <laughs> and if anybody out there is listening, I need help. I went specifically to Kmart, which is an establishment I go to approximately once a year. I went there to buy something for work a couple weeks ago. And I went in, and the reason I went there is I thought, this is going to have this cable that I need for work. But they're going to be rocking their Christmas popcorn tins. (laughs) Because Kmart's one of those places you get them. And you go in, and they've got the NFL logo popcorn tins. Nice. And what I wanted was a couple for this joint to use as trash cans. Ooh, so I figured yeah. I'll go in here, I'll Great get purpose. five bucks, whatever the case might be, and I'll have these things and they'll fit with everything else. It is a sports studio And you get after to eat all. a
0: bunch of popcorn.
2: Uh, yeah. But apparently, Kmart's not doing that anymore. And I went and asked at customer service and I was like, where are the NFL tins? Ah, we we're we not expecting to get any this year. And I was like, Really? You know why? Really? I, you, know, you just went from once a year to zero times a year. <laughs> you but know, if anybody's out there that can get one, I'll come pick it up.
3: I'll tell you why I go to Kmart the same reason I go to Walmart to feel better about myself. Oh, here. Uh, to, to, yeah. Don't be
2: ugly. God don't like ugly.
3: I'm like, it's not that bad, bro. Uh,
2: if anybody <laughs> out there is listening and has those tens, Accessible to you, cause I don't want to go order it online and do all the rest of that stuff, dude. I can guarantee you where to get them right now. Where? Super Ten. They freaking
3: have everything in that small little store.
4: But they won't be five bucks or filled with popcorn, will they? Yeah. Huh. Look. Of course they will. Walmart has them, but it's like minions
2: and stuff. If you're within Amazon, right? if you're within twenty miles Look. of Lee County, North Carolina, and you pick one of those up. I don't even care what team it is. In fact, if you want your team's 10 in the studio, I will come pick it up for you. And I will deliver you a $5 bill to cover your costs. The (laughs) taxes, you're on your own. But I'll come pick it up. All you have to do is send us an email, cheapseatradio at gmail.com, and I'll come get it. We'll give you credit on the air, but we need at least one of those. I really need two or three because we always come in here and our studio. We get these interlopers that come in here that are trying to make a platinum record, and they leave the place a mess. And I'm tired of their water bottles <laughs> right. and everything else.
0: On Amazon. Yes. The three flavor tins, thirty two dollars. Thirty two dollars. I'm t- Look. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking. That's what it says. The, the single flavor is twenty four dollars. And for some reason, the, the Miami Dolphins only get three stars, but the rest get four stars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, minute,
2: What am I missing? Because am I wrong? Am I, those are $5, right? I guess. Does it Five to it?
4: ten, yeah. Ten? Think,
0: yeah. I'm telling you.
2: I'd I'm have to look at Walmart, but I don't think
4: they money. have NFL. Well, dude, I know they have all the other goofy ones.
3: All you need to do is for Jay Cutler to play for Cincy, and you can get a Cincy one for $5. <laughs> yeah.
2: And a three-star rating. I can dig that. So anyway, well, a three trash star can, rating. NFL logo, studio, I think everybody out there's got the point.
3: But, you know, as you get towards the bottom half of the popcorn, how many hands have been reaching in and out of that thing, man? To me, it just there's a point, there's a level in
4: the bucket,
3: the 10, where it just becomes gross.
4: Yeah, but which side goes
2: first? The cheese. Is it? Yeah, I, I go cheese first. Because the shelf life on the caramel is a little bit longer. Yeah. The caramel's <laughs> my favorite, but it holds up a little bit. It's got the sugar, like, keeping it Dude, intact. do you ever take
4: the divider out so it's just you get a random? It,
2: every one that we've ever had, I think at some point the divider comes yeah, out. by halfway or, through. Or, dude, the caramel is made out of
3: something where a spaceship's going to drop here 10,000 years from now, and that same caramel will
0: still be good. But it's so good.
2: It is. It is very I good. I love— I love— Caramel popcorn.
0: So they are five dollars on Kmart.com. Boom! But what? on Amazon, they're thirty-two dollars.
2: Amazon, come on, man, get! Come on, don't come know on. I different
0: sizes. I'm trying to figure that out.
2: Come on. So Kmart.com does have them. Mm-hmm. All right.
3: Mm. Okay. They do, the store managers just hoarding them in the back. Yes. They don't want you to have any. Well, you know,
2: it's funny people people that are not from here don't get that Carolina Panthers are number one in everybody's heart. But what people don't get and are surprised by is the number two team in people's hearts round here is the, in Redskins. the, in the NFL, Redskins.
3: yeah, It's either Redskins or Dallas.
2: Yeah, it's Redskins. Redskins. Redskins, because that's where all the regional coverage was before the Panthers were a thing. And there's some of that residual. You mean
3: the Red Hawks, right? The Red
2: Hawks. Yeah, that was a myth. They uh, NFL got hoaxed. They got hoaxed. I like that. How do you feel about the Redskins name, Trent?
3: Mm. Way to throw a real For those of yeah. you yeah.
2: Well, for those of you that don't know, there was an internet rumor that started that the Redskins had officially announced they were going to change their name from Redskins to Red Hawks, and nonsense ensued. But there's precedent for that because the University of Miami, Ohio is now the Red Hawks. Saved that right by the bumper.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
0: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
4: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud
2: of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned.
0: I'm CeCe. My victory was finishing my education.
2: When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to (laughs) DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert
1: I'm Brandon Atkins I'm Professor Trent Nichols
2: Coming to you
1: from the cheap seats
2: I love when that bumper runs And Dave's sitting in here Because nothing makes him happier Than hearing the sound of his own voice
0: Awkward That was funny me. I wasn't on that one No, he wasn't on that Who was it? That was, Probably me That was, oh, was the it? three of y'all
2: I wa- Oh, gotcha so you were just like
0: it's just it's kind of corny.
2: It is. Yeah. It's a big. I'm corny. Crystal Lambert.
0: Hi. I'm Brandon Acker.
2: Hi. I'm Crystal Professor Lambert. Trent. Nah, Man. mine's the worst.
0: I'm
3: Brandon Acker. <laughs> <laughs> we have to redo some of those. <laughs> All awesome. right. So
2: the second hour, if you're listening on WBLZ around the country, you you probably can't relate, but I wanna I wanna say goodbye to a dear friend of mine, Tom Wellborn, passed this past weekend. Tom was the sports director at WBFT TV here in Sanford, North Carolina. And Tom, I had flirted with television and radio over the course of about 15 years. Tom gave me my first chance to do television play-by-play for high school football, and that's what's ultimately led to this. And I'm going to miss him. Uh, Tom battled cancer. He whooped cancer's ass five years ago and rebounded, and it came back and ultimately took his life um, this weekend. But I have never seen a man so gracefully go through something as bad as what he went through and never said an ill word Um, Remained engaged and called games right up to the very end. In fact, um, I did the Brick City Classic with him three or four weeks ago with Lee County and Southern Lee, and um, I was afraid that it might be the last game that I got to do with him. But Tom's going to be missed. What he did for sports media here regionally um, will always – continue to go on and uh i just want to give a shout out tom's missed we're praying for his family everybody that was close to him just a genuinely good person um and if if i'm ever faced with a challenge like he was i really hope that i have enough in me to take it on with the same type of attitude he never lost his faith um he he was a he was a hero And Dave, I know that you got a you got an opportunity to work with him on a lot of different occasions, and I just wanted to see if you had any reflections. I I remember the the
0: first game. Well, the reason I got into it, same reason as you, is is Tom was out the first time he had cancer, so I went down to Westover and uh, did a game with Jody Stalford in the pouring rain. That was an adventure. But the first game I ever did with Tom was up at Athens Drive. Uh, We were uh, Tim Schlepprock. He was MIA, and he was supposed to be our production crew. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know how that That goes. hadn't changed. He was MIA. Yeah. That hadn't changed. And, and me and Tom are up there with a camera and sharing a microphone. <laughs> and Tom, the ever professional, I mean, we didn't miss a beat. You know, we did the whole first half that way, and Tim shows up somewhere in the middle of the first quarter or second quarter, and, and we get the regular whole production crew going in the second half. But uh, – we were out on the deck at Athens Drive and Pine Straw falling on us, sharing a microphone back and forth, doing play-by-play, play, and I was doing the color. And, and uh, everything always led back to Duke. So uh, Always. I know uh, Tom's up in heaven with some of those uh, Blue Devils who have gone before him, and, he, and he's uh, probably up there just uh, – Still talking Duke football and Duke basketball and Yellow Jacket football and basketball and Cavalier football and basketball. And, you know, he even did some games for Lee Christian and, and uh, Grace Christian. So really touched sports here locally quite a bit.
2: Well, at some point I'll be at Cameron during the basketball season and covering Duke. And it's that's going to be hard. Uh, that's Tom's Seat there on right. press row. Um, and, again, his legacy will live on and uh, we'll never forget. He's touched a lot of people on a lot of different levels. And, again, just a, a really, really great guy. And for anybody out there that didn't get a chance to talk to him, I can assure you of two things. One, you weren't ever going to hear him say anything negative. And, two, at some point he was going to drop David Cutcliffe's name.
1: <laughs> You've was. never
2: met a bigger Duke fan, and in particular – Never met a bigger coach Cutcliffe fan than Tom Wellborn. And uh, anytime I see David Cutcliffe do an interview, I, it will it will bring me back uh, because that was, you know, that was Tom's guy. So Tom, we're gonna miss you and to his family all the best. And uh, for those of you out there, you know, take a take a second. For for a guy that really 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 fought the good fight, and um, will be missed here regionally.
3: All right, well, I'm gonna lighten the mood just a little bit here. Tim Kopus, you brought him up, right? Yeah. You know what he no longer has? Leather jacket. A bu- a BMW.
4: What? What? Yeah, no, I saw it. I walked. What it, are we doing? I drove what? up, and I'm like, Tim, he has. You driving a new car? Upgraded. He's a Lexus man now. Shut up. Oh. He, he claims he just put a top on his Beamer, but it's a cool little car.
2: So I, I'll tell you one thing that I know, because I haven't seen the Lexus yet. He'll be here. And so. that's sort of the end of an era. I can guarantee you one thing. He didn't pay retail. Because Tim <laughs> didn't roll like that,
0: though. You might want to check your Verizon bill.
2: Ah, <laughs>
3: for real. Any, any person, I've said this before, that sells you... A $1,200 phone and rocks a 10 year old Samsung himself, (laughs)
2: you should (laughs) not trust. He's afraid to give up that Samsung because he may lose the pictures of Crystal that are on there. That's what's going (laughs) on. Well, he said that
4: Crystal had that car, a picture of that car in her phone, and he needed some work done on his, and now he's driving. Wow. Here's the deal.
3: He is legitimately sad about this. Like, he really to, and I, when he says he's out putting signs, he might be telling the truth because that's what we had to do. We had to put a sign out, uh, close to Pinehurst. And I'll, I was poking fun at him, but he kind of drooped down and
2: got legitimately
3: really? sad. Like, yeah, I'm gonna miss old girl.
2: Well, you know, it's funny because he hadn't had that that long, and I remember when he got it, it. it it's funny because if you if you know Tim, Tim's a big guy. Tim doesn't miss many meals. He's a big old fella. He's not a fat guy, but he's a big he's a big guy. Every time he calls tall, me, very at, tall, he's too. a tall guy, Every and time he's, he calls he's big me, boned.
3: When he calls me at night, I'm like, he's like, what you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? And it's always the same thing. He's like, oh, me and Crystal are at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But he had that BMW, and I don't know what model it number, but it was the tiniest mini car that BMW makes, and it's a little two-seat convertible. So to see him standing by that car, you're like, how's he about to pour that big old body of his into that little itty-bitty car? But then once he was in it, you're like, oh, that's perfect. That's Tim. And... I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ready for him to have another ride. Well,
4: if he was sad, I wish I would have been warned because I, the first thing I, hey, are you driving a new car? He told me the story, and wow. I could see that he was a little, was a little sad. He's fine.
2: He's fine. He'll, He'll be, be here. Right. You might,
4: you'll probably see the car. He said
0: he, he's going to show up.
2: Well, it'd Check be nice since it's his show to produce yeah. that. You know, yeah. he actually hey, does. Duck the, in here and do the same some work? way on the Lexus? What's that?
0: Does the blinker work the same way on the left? I'm
2: sure that it does. I'm sure that it does. So, guys, not a whole lot of sports this weekend apart from the NFL, which is kind of wild. But I want to pivot into baseball for a minute. I, I see. We're Yeah, we'll give you five minutes on the back end.
1: These guys want to talk
2: about UNC coming back and beating Tennessee. But I want to talk about baseball for a couple minutes, Trent. And you right. sent me a text over the weekend, and you were like, hey, the Angels are all in. Well, okay.
4: Well, I had me, the WTF, too, in there. Let, so. let me let me
2: tell you what a good contract <laughs> in sports looks like. All right. A good contract is structured by the team such that it pays for future performance. Okay? The Angels have never understood this. It started with the pool host deal Mm -hmm. where they paid a guy who's going to be 50 by the time his contract's up a gazillion dollars to play for them. He's never come close to matching the numbers that he put up in St. Louis, which is why St. Louis let him go in the first place. So that contract is an albatross around their neck. And it's funny that all of the salary dumps and everything that you see is proposed around (laughs) Major League Baseball, Paul's name isn't even, isn't even in the conversation because that's that bad a contract. Zach Cozart from the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm only talking about Zach Cozart because Chelsea Cozart, his wife, got at me on Twitter about eight months ago and engaged me really? and tried to embarrass me on Twitter. Yes. Uh-huh. Coming into last baseball season – I said on Twitter, Zach Cozart should be traded for anything Cincinnati can get him for or get for him. And it wasn't because I don't like Zach Cozart. It's not because Zach Cozart's a bad baseball player. It's because Zach Cozart's 32 years old. He's always been injured. And if he put up a great season for the Reds, they were going to have to let him walk and get nothing for him. There's just not a very big market for 32-year-old shortstops. Well, here we are a year later. The Reds tried at the break. They tried that offseason last year to trade him. They got to the end of the season and were faced with, well, if we give him a qualifying offer, he's probably going to take it and we're going to get stuck with a bad contract because he's always hurt. He's not likely to replicate the numbers that he's put up. Well, they didn't give him a qualifying offer. He hit free agency. And lukewarm is the best you could say to describe the market for him. I think the Reds thought, well, we're probably going to get a chance to get this guy back on a good deal. No, nope, here come the Angels.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the Angels have signed this guy who's 32, had a career year, but doesn't show any signs of getting any better than that. They paid him three years, $38 million, and they're going to take – what he gives most, his defense away, and move him from shortstop to third base. That's why the Angels suck. Mm-hmm. Well, look at—I mean, they
4: traded for who? Ian Was Kinsler. There?
2: Yeah, Ian Kinsler. So and I actually ten years read, ago,
4: these would be great moves. They, ten years ago, this would have been a fantastic. And that's move. why I said they remind me of the Mets. You're buying the past and sacrificing the future.
2: Ian Kinsler. Within 10 points, tell me what his batting average was last year. 265? 236. I was going to say 225. 236. You would have been right on. Ian Kinsler's 35 years old, and they're going to install him into their everyday lineup. The the Angels don't get it. Now, they signed Otani. Whether or not they knew this guy had elbow issues before they signed him remains to be seen. But Otani, does he play in the major leagues this year? That had to have been a condition. Yeah. I haven't looked at the terms of the contract, but I'm sure that he was guaranteed a position on the 40-man roster. And I guarantee he's guaranteed a spot on the 24-man roster. And do you know, Trent?
4: Oh, no, he's playing in the major leagues. and But
2: I do not think
4: they uh, knew about his elbow injury. So well, if he has to have Tommy Johns, then no, he's <laughs> not playing in the – major leagues this year.
2: Well, we'll see if it's as bad if it's bad enough that it warrants Tommy John surgery, but when I look back at <clears throat> Japanese pitchers in the in major league baseball, the list of successful sustained success among these guys is pretty pretty lame.
4: Yeah. Now, one question to you though. Yahoo came out and they made two different Atani players, one that's the offense one that's the pitcher. If you were playing fantasy baseball, would you want that or would you rather have him dual eligibility where you could use him as a pitcher or an offensive player?
2: I would say it has to be two separate players. There's just too much value to a guy that's going to be a starting pitcher. And even if he's only a pedestrian offensive player, it's too much value. That skews everything. That makes him so much more valuable than anybody else.
4: But you only use him one day a week as that pitcher, and he doesn't accrue hitting stats while he's that pitcher.
2: Okay. First of all,
4: he's in the American League, so in he can't some bat. Any weeks,
2: he's only going to get one game as a pitcher or two. Other Max. weeks, he's going to get two. Yep. In a week where he's got two games as a pitcher and two or three or four as an offensive player, I think it just skews everything. I think he becomes too valuable. Guys, wow. do you know what I think? I'm scared I to I cannot
1: ask.
3: wait. I think the <laughs> Cubs – well, I'll, I'll hit it on the other side. No!
1: <laughs>
2: Saved by the well bumper done. again. The You're listening to the From the Cheap Seats. We'll see you
1: on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina.
5: I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will. Solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life.
6: If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com.
5: Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats.
2: All right, welcome back. We actually pivoted into a little bit of baseball. Brandon Atkins has something he wants to share with you about the Chicago Cubs.
3: I think they should really make a priority out of making Addison Russell for Manny Machado blockbuster trade. What do you think?
4: (laughs) That's a great, great point. I think if they get Manny Machado, it's going to hurt their abilities to acquire Bryce Harper. But I tell anybody that would, you know, any Chicago fan, if they sign Bryce Harper, you're not going to be able to keep all these other core young players. You're that's not going to have the money to go around. That's
2: the thing, is the Chicago is losing sight of how baseball teams have to be run. Yeah. And you cannot just continue to give up young talent. That talent is cheap. <coughs> The difference between what you're playing a second- or a third-year player and what you're paying somebody that's into that first free agent non-arbitration contract is light years apart. And a lot of people don't realize Major League Baseball does have a salary cap. And there are big-time penalties that come with that depending upon how far you you go past that and incur that luxury tax. The Cubs, there is not an infinite amount of money out there for them. Even the Yankees have figured that out. Now, the Yankees were able to go get Stanton because they had contracts coming off the books. So money-wise, it was kind of a wash. They're basically in the same situation they were last year. Now, at some point, the Yankees aren't going to be able to help themselves, and they'll go exceed the luxury tax again because they're the New York Yankees and they can't help themselves. But the Cubs... The Cubs have got too much young talent on that roster to just go blowing it up, pulling in somebody else's spare parts and overpaying for them. Addison Russell's a great young ball player. I'm not sure Manny Machado, in terms of wins against replacement or whatever you want to quantify it by, is that big an upgrade off Addison Russell. And the other piece of this, too, is what made the Cubs great two years ago was their chemistry. David Ross was the center of influence in that dugout. And you had these young kids that bought in and everybody was on the same sheet of music. And you took almost exactly the same team on paper the next year. And they never really even seriously considered a World Series contender after about eight weeks into the season. It's a very fine balance. When you're talking about baseball, you're talking about 162 games, 200 plus days together in a locker room that's as it, that's uh, you know as tight a group as you can be sucked into, and play them with the the chemistry there. I don't know, man. Dude, how I think an, it's a bad deal.
3: Cubs are already annoying, right,
4: Trent?
2: Yes, very.
4: How annoying will they be if they get Bryce Harper?
1: It would. Uh...
4: It would be horrible, but deep down inside, I'll grin because, like he said, once Chris Bryant, Rizzo comes up again, Russell, Javier Baez, all these guys that they wrecked the whole team to build their farm team, they're not going to be able to re-sign them. I mean, they're not going to get penalized $200 million a year because they're over the luxury tax. So their window of opportunity, if I'm a Cubs fan, They need to win almost now. Why not spend the money and go get more pitching? Because that's what they need. They don't even have enough money. They don't want to re-sign Jake Arrieta. So, you know, the Cubs fans think that for the next 10, 15 years, they're going to be World Series contenders. Okay. Well,
2: they're looking at it as if it's 1975, where basically – the team's got the player, and they just sign him until they don't want to sign him anymore, and it doesn't work that way anymore.
4: Well, Can I you think imagine? The are in the same position, though, with the Stanton deal. They're not going to be able to re-sign Judge and uh, Sanchez and all these young players.
2: Well, Stanton's locked in long-term. Judge, you're looking forward. They've got four more years of Judge before it gets out of control. Now, when Judge becomes arbitration eligible, if he puts up another year or two like he has now— He's going to break every arbitration record there was because home runs are still the sexiest, most valuable commodity in in Major League Baseball. But the Cubs fans that you're talking about that looking at it, and it's older Cub fans are like, oh, we're set forever. You're not set forever. That next deal that Bryant and Rizzo sign in particular, oh, my God. I mean, we're talking about what Bryce Harper's going to get. What's Bryce Harper doing that Chris Bryant and, and, and uh, Anthony Rizzo aren't?
3: He's got gray hair.
2: He, he does, does have, have the amazing best hair. hair. Yeah, he does have amazing He's hair. He's got a good looking Speaking head of hair. Speaking of amazing hair, I need to relate something that happened yesterday. <laughs> so we're watching, we're watching NFL football, and as the games wind down, I'm popping back and forth on on DirecTV station to station, trying to catch the end of everything. And I get to the San Francisco Tennessee game, and as the game is is coming down the stretch the legend of Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> begins yeah. this stat blew my mind literally I had to I had to I literally rewound to make sure and then I went to the internet to try to validate and I couldn't validate it but I'm sure that their spotter had it right Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday became the first San Francisco 49ers quarterback. To throw for 300 yards in consecutive games in how long? Who was the last? I won't even ask the year. Who was the last 49er quarterback that threw for 300 yards in consecutive games? It's going to be Montana,
4: right? Nah, it's not that. Come
2: on, man. Not that far back.
4: Steve Young or Kaepernick?
2: Not Kaepernick. Jeff Garcia in Uh... 2000. (laughs) Now, when we, I want to put that in perspective. We look at these numbers that Breeze and Stafford and Brady and the rest of these guys put up where they're challenging 5,000 yards a season. 5,000 yards divided by 16 is 300. So these guys are averaging 300 yards a game. And we're like, ah, oh, these stats don't mean anything anymore. The blah, blah blah Yes, there definitely is a certain value on those. But we have to respect those quarterbacks that are putting up those numbers year in, year out. 17 years since a 49er quarterback put up back-to-back 300-yard seasons. That blew my mind. But here's what I'll tell you. Here's the point of my story. Garoppolo leads the 49ers back down the field. At the gun, Robbie Gold comes out and hits his sixth field goal of the day to deliver the game for the 49ers. Garoppolo was money. Cool as a cucumber. I've been a lot of time thinking about Garoppolo. Is he the guy? Because there's been so many false starts with the next great guy who sat behind Tom Brady.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: All the way back, Michael Bishop. You had Matt Castle. Um, Jacoby Brissett. Jaco- well, Brissett, the jury's still out, but Brissett's not lighting the world on fire. He starts. Ryan Mallett. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. None of these guys have been stars in the NFL. But because they were in Belichick system, because they tutored under Brady, somebody thought, we can install this guy. And every one of these guys has gotten a crack. Garoppolo might be the different guy. But one way or the other, let me tell you what happened yesterday. As he was walking off the field, the camera followed him and panned across And he turned over his right shoulder, and he smiled, and those dimples hit, and my wife said, God! (laughs) (laughs) And I think she spilled her drink. (laughs) That dude is awesome. That guy is the prettiest man in the NFL. Wow! Perfect teeth, those dimples, the hair is perfect. That guy... He looks the part. So whether he's gonna be a great quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> he looks the part. He sort of wasn't it, Calvin Coolidge, where they were like, ah, he's not really qualified to be president, but we'll no, it was Warren Harding. Yeah. Doesn't look he, he didn't qualify to be president, but we're gonna install him anyway because he looks the part. I gotta go back and figure out which president was in Chris, history is, that, that was. Do true. you have a
3: Garoppolo poster hanging in your head? No, bedroom? but I will. He but here's
2: what I'm gonna tell you. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. We talked, the last few weeks, we've talked about quarterbacks in the NFL, and we've talked about the guys that are just in that next group in terms of being superior talents. I know, having watched the 49ers play enough this year, he's their guy.
3: Well, they've won three in a row since he's been there.
2: He's their guy, and it's not just that they've stumbled into those victories. They're playing with a whole different energy. You can see it on the sideline. You can see it with the guys on the field. They're playing at a different level. And all that really matters in this case is that the 49ers believe Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy. And this may be after they made a mess of the draft this year, the 49ers. If you go back and look, they, they just kicked it around and made a mess of it. The 49ers picking <coughs> – Excuse me.
3: And you're you're all choked <clears throat> up over Garoppolo,
0: man. You're Picking off
2: Garoppolo at the deadline may be the best move anybody's made in the last five years. It may come down to that. I believe Garoppolo's the guy. I watched him in the pocket. He doesn't have a huge arm. He's not particularly mobile, but he can spin that ball. All right. and He is cool. He doesn't as need a, a huge cucumber. arm in
4: Kyle Shanahan's system. All nope.
3: right. All right, men. Get together. Let's get out there and get this W. Dimples on three. One, two, three.
0: Dimple.
2: I'm telling you, this guy is where it's at. Now, bro- I want to contrast that. I want to contrast that. Oh God. And I'm I'm just I'm just saying. I've always wondered about Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon has as much arm talent as anybody in football. Period. That's a fact. Glennon has as big an arm as anybody out there. And when he's on, he's on. But when I look at Mike Glennon, I see something completely different than when I see Jimmy Garoppolo. You're sticking your neck out on that
5: one. I
2: will see you on the other side and wrap this thing up.
5: You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
6: Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You, too, can be Army strong in the Army Reserve.
1: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, But you'll love the show.
2: All right, so we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and how good-looking a fella he is.
4: So did that give New England the two best-looking quarterbacks in the NFL? Man, I don't know. Because Tom Brady is a handsome
2: man. Wait a minute. Hold up, man. You go back circa... You know, 2000 with Tom Brady. Tom Brady nah, wasn't a goofy. particularly good-looking guy. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good-looking guy, and the NFL will love if this guy, you know, becomes a star. I'm telling you, what I was half joking about this guy looking so good, but the whole my wife saying, God, <laughs> that really happened. It was kind of funny.
3: Your wife cracks me up. I was helping Chris move this weekend. Uh, I didn't help a lot. Just Oh,
2: yeah, you <laughs> did. No, no, no. It wouldn't have gotten done without him, for real.
3: Um and she dislikes clutter so much. Yeah. Chris went in the house and I start scooping up these items out of the garage to put them in my truck to take over to storage. And she goes, oh, you can throw those away. No big deal. They were It was perfectly good rakes. <laughs> it was like yard tools and garden tools. And I'm like, what are you doing
4: Man, and then, you should have
3: let me know I have none of that stuff. I mean, if dude. you want, there's plenty in storage. <laughs> and then I look across the street, and there's two mongoose bikes out by the road where they just put them out. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing with those? Well, somebody It'll make somebody have a Merry Christmas. Let's put it that way. But I'm like, dude, the next time you move, I'm just going to park down the street and skip out wait. what you put out.
2: <laughs> Here's the thing. My wife... That should tell you two things about my wife. One, she does not like clutter. Everything has to have its place. Two, though, it should also tell you she's not much for doing yard work. Because <laughs> she's like, I. there's no value in that rake because I don't even know how that thing works. What is that? She didn't, My wife is not fixing to go get her hands dirty in the yard. It's just not going to happen.
3: She wouldn't put Garoppolo out by the street, though. No,
2: no. She was. Or uh, Chris, maybe, but. Yeah, I'll be. Not Jimmy Kicked to the curb. (laughs) I overachieved. But no, she does not mess around with clutter. She's she's not fooling with it. But yeah, her philosophy in life is if I don't have a use for it, I'll get rid of it and I'll buy another one later if I need it, which isn't always really prudent. (laughs) But as it applies to my tools in particular, it's always your crap. Your crap is in my garage. It's in my garage. Well, yeah. And I can't, she thinks that when she asks me to do a project in the house, if I need to fix something, build something, whatever the case might be, she thinks that I go into the garage and that I, you know, do some sort of incantation and burn some incense and the thing appears and that I just magic it inside the house. She doesn't understand that my crap is the means by which I accomplish those projects for her, but she's not able to make that leap.
3: Well, it's funny. I hadn't seen Nedge and it's been a good minute since I've seen her and it's coming up on the holidays and she drives up and Chris and I had just gotten there and I was like, Oh, this is nice. I'm about to say, Hey, to Nedge. And she goes, I thought you guys would be done by now.
2: And meant that though.
3: (laughs) And was like, and I went, and she was like, nah,
2: (laughs) what's all been doing? Yeah. She meant it. But no, you big 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 help, man. We close actually today on our house on the house we were selling. We're already moved, but we uh we sold this thing, I think it went under contract six weeks ago. And every weekend at least once we're like, We need to go get the stuff out of the attic. We need to get the stuff out of the crawl space. And uh we just kept kicking that can down the road. And this weekend, Saturday, it was like, dude. We've got two days. We're running enough. out of time. But Brandon was a big help. He came over and I felt he thinks I like Tom Sawyered him into it. I was not calling to get his help. I called to say, hey man, let me can I use your truck for a minute? And it was only because I had some benches that I had borrowed for my wedding six years ago. That were in the garage. And I told Brandon that I had to go take those benches back, and he thought I was joking until we went to go deliver them to their owner. And he realized, oh, it really has been six years ago that you borrowed this guy's benches. So.
3: And he was like, I don't even remember having this many benches. Yes, he did. I'm glad I had the table. There's a
2: table there, too. I didn't even remember a
3: table. And I I felt so ghetto because these things had happened in the garage, (laughs) not doing anything. (laughs) And we're taking them off the back of the truck, and you. There was so many spiders and webs in this thing. It looked, it looked like that scene from Lord of the Rings. This big old black spider crawls out. There's cobwebs everywhere. Like, we're sweeping each bench for about 30 minutes each while this guy's like, oh, yeah, y'all going to get all that off. It's been six years. That was yeah, funny.
2: True story. It was uh, It was a lot of fun. Um, but, no, he did find out. He validated that it had been six years those things have been sitting in there. And see, I, I can't sometimes help myself because had I just taken those benches back years ago, that would have been one less thing my wife had on me. Mm-hmm. Because anytime we were talking about my crap in the garage, I could validate all of my tools, all the power tools, all of the, you know, the paint and the stain and the stuff that was up there. But for those benches, <laughs> I had no... I had no story.
3: And why is it that people can't get rid of their old DVD players? Like, so he's up in the attic handing me things? It's DVD player, (laughs) DVD player, DVD player, DVD player with speaker, DVD player. But the better
2: part was that my my anti-hoarder wife, who is a professional counselor, by the way, for those of you that don't know, one of my favorite shows is Hoarder's. Because I love to see the squalor that people live in. Sort of Brandon talking about going to two separate retail establishments that will now never advertise with us. Thanks, B. But and I like to see it back. because it's it's compelling to me. I'm like, how do these people's minds work? Because I'm not a hoarder. But my wife is a counselor, and she is the anti-hoarder. She will not watch hoarders with me. Hmm. If I want her to go someplace else, all I got to do is turn on a hoarder. She's repulsed by it. So my thing is, you're a counselor. There's a TV show here. You should be the therapist that goes in to try to talk these people down off the ledge. Real thing, she ought to go do that. She is that anti-hoarder. But I get up in the attic this weekend, and I've not been to the farthest reaches of the attic. And I don't want to overstate it. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff. We managed to get everything out of there in 15 or 20 minutes. But as I get to the back of the attic, I realized my wife had kept every box for every electronic component she'd ever bought. Nothing in the box, just boxes. How many TV and DVD player boxes did we take out of there? A dozen? At least. Yeah. Wow. Just these empty boxes. And even she laughed at herself. She was like, (laughs) I don't know why I kept that. I said, well, you probably kept it in there so you could use it when you move. Oh, wait, we moved three months ago. (laughs) and we didn't I didn't even know these were up here so whatever. And you know the therapist is really
3: good when you walk away like so I was asking her for some advice so we're out in the garage I'm like hey maybe I'll ask her for some advice while we're doing all this and she spends probably about 10 15 minutes talking to me and I walk I basically stumbled away going oh man she really helped me she ain't told me nothing <laughs> I'm looking for the, I guess I'll get an invoice in the mail for absolutely getting (laughs) nowhere.
2: Count on it. I mean, that's, you know, her thing. I I said, well, you help people solve their problems. No, I don't. What do you do? I just, you know, let them talk their problems out. And they come up with their own solution. Because if I come up with a solution for them, they're not going to act on it. It has to originate with them. Hmm. So basically, you just listen people talk until they sort it out. Well, yeah, that's how she do.
3: And then I had Brilliant. all my issues worked out and then watched the Canes kick Columbus's butt. Woo! Live.
2: Your streak is intact, isn't it? Yeah. Have the Canes every, picked up at least one point in every game you've gone to this year?
3: They've picked up at least one point that every time I go every time I've been, they either win or pick up
4: a point. So all right. I gotta get right. They're right you know. there, two points out of the playoffs.
3: Yeah. For that and last really, wild card. They got a couple of at least one, maybe two games in hand on a lot of people in the Metropolitan. You know, the problem is that Mets so tough, right? But, um, you know, they're only eight points. I know eight points is a lot. But after the season they've started out with, to be only eight points behind Columbus, that's not too shabby, unless Columbus played last night. So,
4: No, they did not. But tomorrow, 2 o'clock in Toronto, outside Toronto versus the Canes. Is it outside? Yep. Oh, cool. One of their Centennial Classic games. Nice. Scott Darling,
3: 35 saves, baby. We're not losing faith.
4: Yeah, he needed. He needed that because, you know, Cam Ward's come in and he's looked great all year and I think that if Darling came out and had a dud, it rattles his confidence a little bit more. Yeah. So having that big victory, I mean, he even posted on Instagram afterwards about the celebration that that's a good thing because Scott Darling, you know what? He's a good goalie. He is. You know, he- once he gets used to it, He's having issues with his glove hand,
3: but I think it didn't seem like a good thing at the time, but a good thing was Cam Ward got scored on four times the night before, or two nights before, and I think he felt like, oh, well, okay, I think they need me, because he had been hearing the Cam Ward noise in the background, which is hilarious, because people have been complaining about Cam for at least the last six years. But yeah, Canes, I feel like, and there was a good crowd there, too, predominantly Hurricanes, and uh, I keep trying. I have my Scott Darling jersey, and I keep trying to get his attention and show him at least one, but one person's out there rocking his stuff. Yeah, but I haven't been able to yet. <laughs> He's got a hockey game to play, I guess.
2: All right. So at this point in the college basketball season, I, I want to know how you feel about this. We, you know, we open the college basketball season every year with the Maui Invitational and the Big Ten-ACC Challenge. And all of these tournaments that aren't really tournaments, they're just showcases for these college basketball teams to roll up in. But now, you know, we're more than a quarter of the way through the season. We're almost at Christmas. It seems unnatural to me that there is a contrived showcase in the middle of this. And this weekend, we have the CBS Sports Classic in New Orleans. Ohio State, North Carolina in the first game which may have seemed like a good matchup a couple years ago when they put this together, but I'm not sure is going to do a whole lot of good for an Ohio State program that's sort of trying to find its way. And then Kentucky-UCLA in the second game. Now, I do want to say that if I were anywhere near New Orleans, I'd have a ticket for this. Yeah. Or be on press row one, but I would cover this one way or the other. This is cool from that standpoint. You've got four, you know, Traditional powers, Ohio State probably being the least of that, but between the four schools, 25 national championships. It's pretty cool. I I just don't know, man. Do you do this at this point in the season? I I think you
3: get one last one in before. There's only been one ACC game, so they're not even into league play. By the way, I'd like to point out something important. The Duke Blue Devils are dead last in the ACC right now. Fact.
4: Um, Let Boston College enjoy being in first for now, right?
3: Yeah, but yeah, I think you can get away with doing one more thing before you get into, like, it's a long ACC season. Um, and I'm just speaking to the ACC, but every league is about to launch into league play.
2: So you're okay with this? I'm fine with it. All right, let me ask you this. It, you as a basketball consumer, yeah, assuming that UNC was not in this tournament, and let's plug in, for the sake of argument, uh, Kansas. Mm -hmm. I was like, Ohio State, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, all playing in one day at one venue. What is the farthest you would travel to go to that?
3: To go to one of those? Yeah. It'd have to be – to go to one of those, it'd have to be an in-state for me.
2: Okay. So you'd go to Raleigh for sure.
3: Yeah, I'd go to Raleigh, go
2: to Charlotte. (laughs) You'd go to Greensboro. Well, I mean, if you'd go to Charlotte, then you'd obviously go to Greensboro. So you would do it if it was within three hours. Yeah. Trent Nichols, how far would you go? If I was a diehard fan? No, I'm talking about if it wasn't your team. I would – would And probably you're not a big be, fan of any of the four that I just named. No, so, so
4: I mean, it might be in-state. Okay. The same. I mean, Indiana does the same you not consider thing.
2: going if it was Charlotte. Yeah. Which is – so that, anybody that's, that doesn't know it's about two and a half, three. In hours
4: Indianapolis, there. they do the classic where it's Notre Dame versus Indiana, Butler versus Purdue, vice versa the next years, and yeah. those are fun games to go watch because they're not okay. all in the same conference.
2: I'd be interested to know how far our listeners would be willing to travel for an event like that that did not involve their team. It was, it was, you know, big powerhouse teams. But how far would you be willing to go? The ticket price is actually, in this day and age of everybody getting soaked for anything, you can get tickets to this thing for 20 bucks. And I spent a lot of time down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. If I was there, I'd have a ticket to New Orleans. All right, one last segment coming back. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Thanks for listening.
1: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from
5: Sanford, North
1: Carolina.
5: Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Quiero mutu Todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit habitat.org to donate today.
1: My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I got to say about that.
5: Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right,
2: welcome back to the final segment. This is From the Cheap Seats on WBLZ Media. Not WBLZ Sports. Don't want to confuse the two. Big time. Yeah, big time. So I do want to say this. I got called out for this. But we have, in the past, we talked about the trivia that we host at Libations. Take the show on the road over there. We will be there on the 20th of December at 6 p.m. Good way to lead into Christmas. Cool prizes. It's a good crowd. It's it's good time to just hang out. But I have promised that I will tease at least one of the categories. So I didn't get a chance. Brandon kind of put me on blast and said, well, last week this dude showed up and you know, he asked about Barney. Well, I thought, you know, there's a lot of 30 and 40 somethings there that have kids that grew up with Barney and there's some millennials there who grew up with Barney. Mm -hmm. So I was validated in that of the five question I asked. Every one of those questions was answered correctly. By somebody, I don't think anybody swept the round and got all five. Will
3: Harris bailed you out. Will yeah, Harris well. was on our team. Just so happens he's got one right in the middle of Barney, and he was like, "I was like, oh, we're screwed." And he's like, "Boom, boom,
2: boom, boom." Knew them Tight. all. There you go. So that's your reason why so, it saved your butt. It didn't save my butt. I I'm not playing. I'm I'm administrating. Yeah,
3: but you hear the grumbles.
2: Oh my you god, do the, I hear the grumble? I'm going to hear the grumbles anyway. But to try to alleviate some of the grumbling. We did Barney and it actually went pretty well as a round. This coming week, we will be doing a category on Mickey Mouse Club alumni.
4: Mm. Ooh. Boom. You like that? Mm-hmm. Trent
2: Nichols, I got your attention. Mickey Mouse Club alumni. So, I think I can name the, four. That's the tease <laughs> that you're going to get. Interesting. And there will probably be cuz we give the we give the competitors a chance to choose Their categories. There will probably be a Star Trek category. Ooh, we did Star Wars in honor of the new flick. Yep. Has have you seen that anyone? I've I've seen seen it twice.
4: Twice. Twice? I saw it twice. It's been out for seventy-two hours. I know, right?
2: So we will probably be doing a Star Trek round. I love Star Trek. There definitely will be a Mickey Mouse Club alumni category this week. So anybody that listened you've got your you've got a leg up on the competition. Jordi. And I promise that during trivia weeks we will tease a category at least once and we'll probably do it before the eighth segment so you don't have yeah. to listen to the entire or show. At least if you're just looking for the tease audience.
4: it and then put it in the eighth segment so they have to listen to the yes. entire show.
2: And so. I I will I will make you this <coughs> commitment as well. We've been kind of lax on the social media front. And on Facebook in particular, and not to belabor the point, but I will tell you that we hired a social media director who then in turn quit almost immediately. (laughs) So we we counted on somebody handling the account for us, and that hasn't happened. So we're going to take back control. But in addition to the tease I do on the air, we will also tease a separate category on the Facebook page. So find it on Facebook, Cheap Seat Radio. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that nonsense. You know, and Star check it Trek, out. But well, we will be we will be doing that on Facebook. Star Trek,
3: the TV show, did one main service. It taught you and reiterated the correct pronunciation of data. Cause ain't nobody calling them data. It's data.
2: That's an excellent point.
3: Okay. You're welcome.
2: Data, data. <laughs> Data plan, data plan. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, you, nobody called him data. People I like,
3: like that. David Klin always says attention to d- detail, d- <laughs> detail, attention to details, man. Just pronounce detail. it like the wet rest of us. Detail. Advertisement. Come on, dude. Get out of here.
2: Who says advertisement? English, I mean, seriously.
3: People with English accents.
2: All right. So we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> and I told you that what I see from San Francisco. God, he's be, hot appears to me to be a different level and I was thinking about it when you look in terms of NFL quarterbacks what do you evaluate how do you evaluate because with the different spread offenses and the the disparity in talent levels between the haves and have-nots in college football really truly all you can evaluate is the arm talent period
3: hey I just have to apologize to our listeners because apparently we can spend a whole segment on uh, baseball, but about 10 seconds on college basketball. So next time we'll try to get you guys hooked up. Here we go. When he comes in with an Orioles jersey
2: on, buckle up. It's baseball time. All right. So back to what I was talking about. <laughs> in the last little bit here, I'm, I'm here to tell you, arm talent is about all you can evaluate with regard to NFL quarterbacks. Whether or not they're going to be able to take what they're coached and and what the system needs from them and apply it on the field it's a crapshoot but here's the one thing that nfl quarterbacks need they need their teammates to believe in them and the most certain way for them to get that kind of confidence from their teammates is to succeed in big situations i've told you before Cincinnati Bengals, Andy Dalton. I don't believe that anybody else in that locker room believes that he is going to come through for them in the clutch. Why? Because he hasn't done it in the past. He's managed to fail. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the New England Patriots won their first Super Bowl in spite of Tom Brady. Tom Brady might have been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL when they beat the Rams all those years ago. However, every time he was faced with an obstacle – Nine times out of ten, he managed to, to overcome it, and his teammates believed, yes, he will lead us to the promised land.
3: God, I lost a lot of money on that
2: Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger God. has been the guy that when faced with any situation, his team has believed that's our guy. He will get us over the hump. He'll come through for us in the clutch. It's why the Steelers just continue to reload. Yes, Antonio Brown's a special athlete and Le'Veon Bell, but they've done it with Bettis and Willie Parker and a cast of thousands. Mike Wallace, you go back through all the receivers, you just plug them in. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Ben is their guy. They believe (coughs) unequivocally that he is going to get it done. I wonder, though, after Sunday, everybody saw what happened at the end of the game against New England. New England marched down the field to take the lead. And I think everybody in America knew New England's going to march down the field and they're going to take the lead. Ball was in Pittsburgh's court. They get a big play for 69 yards down deep into New England territory. But with the clock running on third down, Ben Roethlisberger throws a pick in the end zone. Now in a vacuum, that one particular play to end the game against New England with an L – May not be any big deal. But the Patriots are seven and one in their last eight games with Pittsburgh now. And you have to ask yourself does that Pittsburgh ball club now qualify their confidence in Ben again? Just a little bit. Where, yeah, if we're playing Cincinnati, we know he's going to get past him. If we're playing the Browns, if we're playing whomever. But, man, when Tom Brady in those, how long, how many times does it have to take before it gets in your head? Because if it is in their heads, they're already beaten. It's bad enough that to get through New England, if the playoffs play out the way we think they're going to, it's bad enough that Pittsburgh is going to have to travel to New England. But is Tom Brady their daddy?
3: I think it's like what the Pedro Martinez Pedro – Martinez. You, I guess you guys are my daddy. Yeah, uh, to give you a baseball reference. Plus, Antonio Brown's got a torn calf muscle, so that can't help things. But yeah, I mean, even before that, and we've said it a time and time again, the Patriots just own the Steelers. It's just as simple as that. But um, one thing I wanted to ask you, when you're talking about all the top quarterbacks in the league. How come Cam Newton falls out of the top 10? Can you answer me this?
2: He doesn't for me.
3: A lot of people overlook how important Cam is to the Panthers. And without him, I've seen him play, whether it be Moore or you know, whoever the backup is now. He is the Panthers right now. I mean, he's just unbelievable. And he's got no lack of confidence. I think everybody goes to war for him. But for some reason, I don't know why he's not mentioned in the group of elite quarterbacks in the league. Even though two years ago he won MVP, but he's never mentioned. It's just
2: always something that I've never mentioned by whom. The the main media, like in terms of, who cares about. I don't know who you're calling main media. We are media. You forget that sometimes. I don't think that anybody that's worth their salt could list you ten quarterbacks in the NFL and not include Cam Newton in that list. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, you may. I, I may struggle to get him into that top five, <coughs> but in that next tier, I think Cam's there with a bullet. So, mm-hmm. with
4: the Ben Roethlisberger thing, I think this game might be a little bit less earth shattering because I feel like they feel let down because of the catch that was called a non-catch. Like, yes, Ben, they had a hokey play. That last play was snap the ball, fake the spike, guys ran out, and it was all cluster. He tried to throw it where he shouldn't have. The guy tipped it, and then they got the interception. Yes, Patriots win. But I think they can rest that, okay, we can beat these guys and we believe that Roethlisberger and all of us can go down and beat these guys because if it wasn't for the referee changing that call, they would have won.
2: Well, and that's where the question is, is can those guys wrap their head around and say, okay, we can do this because we had it, you know, Jesse James and a close call and it was the right call. I know Pittsburgh fans don't want to hear it, but as I watched it live, I said they're going to overturn yeah. that. And they did. And it took Tony Romo and, and and the rest of them a little bit to figure out what was going on. But yeah, you have to survive the ground. We've seen it. It's dumb the way it's interpreted, but that's how it's interpreted these days. And it was gonna it was over it was overturned. The issue though is, is is that Steeler team gonna look at it and say, yeah, we had them? Or do they look at it and they're like, damn. We gave them our best shot, and they still got us. I mean, I thought with 10
4: minutes to play when the Patriots were down by 8, they were going to win the game. Well,
2: I got a prediction for you. Houston's going to beat Pittsburgh next week and spoil this whole thing for them. You've been listening to From the Cheap Seats. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas, everybody.
5: You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.